and my wife's very sweet and pleasantries are exchanged. And then all of a sudden, I, I turn around and I feel compelled to go up to him. I just walk over and I said, you need anything? And yeah, I just want to tell you, y'all look so nice. You look so sweet. And the man looked at me and smiled. He had about two teeth right here. He didn't have hardly anything. You could tell that they were just poor. I mean, poor, my people. And I looked at him and, and talked to him and just kind of loved him. I walked back. Get something to drink. I walk over there and I, I could just sense. I, I just, I just, I, I could just tell. He said, I, I looked at both of us. I could just tell. Like the Holy Spirit is in you. And he looked at me and he said, I just want to tell you something. I told my wife just when you walked away, I said, that is a pastor. And I just kind of looked at him. I knew what to say. And I said, yes, I am. He said, and he said, in the end times, there will be signs and there will be warnings. And I just was in awe of these people. And I mean, I was about bursting in tears about the power of God. You can tell the world walked right past them. People were just walking past them. They were nobody in this world. I mean, they're nothing. They're this couple that have one foot in the grave, and nobody, nobody was noticing them in the place. Nobody. Because you could tell they had nothing. You could tell this was the one night of the month that they probably saved everything they had to go out. And these are my people. And I want them to walk past them. And yet, God had his hand in them. They had been raised alive. And so the Lord was speaking to me. And I was like, man, this is it. And the point is that the Lord was showing me and telling me to, and this truth that God had given me to, to expand on today is that somebody today in this room needs some hope. And I want to tell you there's some hope because there is one who can give it and one who will never take it away and the one who will come through when nobody else will come through. And his name is what, Satan? Man, I'm telling you, the Lord showed me if God can save us from hell by no action of our own, then God can save us from bondage by no action of our own. That's what the Lord showed me. He said, that's the point today. If God can save us from hell by no action of our own, then God can save us from bondage by no action of our own. So what does bondage look like? What does it really look like today? Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Let's turn there and see what the Lord says. Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 22. I'm sorry. Luke 22. I apologize. Verse 54. Um, Jesus has been arrested. Peter's already tried to cut off the servant of the high priest's ear. Tried to cut it off. And he went for a death on this. And, and he cut off an ear. And Jesus killed it. They take Jesus away. Everybody runs out. You can see uh, one of the disciples, the beloved one, he runs away, clothes flying off. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad situation. It's a very dark night. Uh, evil is reigning. There's a thickness there. And then all of a sudden, Peter begins to follow Jesus at this distance. Let's look at it in verse 54, chapter uh, 22. Then seizing him, that's Jesus they seized, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter Followed, and I think this is interesting. Peter followed in what, saints? That's bondage. That's bondage. Whenever we as believers, whenever we follow at a distance, when we follow Jesus at a distance, then there's bondage that happens. But here's the good news. The same power, the same spirit, the power of Jesus that keeps us from hell by no action of our own, will break every bondage in our life by no action of our own. And so I, I looked at this and I said, what are you trying to say? Peter followed at a distance, and distance is 
dangerous because Jesus is always moving. Jesus is always moving. The language of the gospel of the kingdom. He's always moving. But whenever you become distant from God, this is what happens. Let's keep reading. Verse 55. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, whenever you're distant from the Lord, do you know what's going to happen in your school? Lunch, everybody, whenever you, then, now when they sit down, because you're distant from God, you sit down. Look what he did. Peter sat down with him. That's bondage. Bondage is this. You can tell you're beginning to live in bondage in your thought life that will lead to your action life. You're beginning to live in bondage whenever there's a distance between you and Jesus because Jesus is moving when you don't know what's going on and you begin to sit down. God doesn't allow us the opportunity to sit down because Christianity is a movement. And remember the same bondage that we've been set free from hell by the power of the Spirit, by no merit of our own. Jesus can save us from any bondage by nothing of our own, no action. So I looked at Peter and I saw this, and this is how we get in bondage. We stop following. When we stop following, we sit down, we get in bondage. But then the resurrection of Jesus breaks through and we have hope the Spirit was showing him. Jesus broke through and rescued Peter and told him uh, what he would do until his death. We read this in John chapter 21, and that his death would not be in vain because it was glorified God. So what happened, even when Peter sat down, even when Peter became distant, Jesus came back and we read in John chapter 21, and he came back to him and he said, hey, listen, this is what you're going to do. You're going to feed my lambs. You're going to feed my sheep. You're going to do my sheep. You're going you're to take care of my people. And by the way, this is the type of death you'll have that will glorify me. So he gave Peter this wonderful assignment and restoration and hope and love. And I love that because Peter went, Peter went after Jesus encountered him. And, and Peter went from standing, excuse me, from sitting down to standing up. Acts chapter 2. Let's turn there. Or we'll get there. That's not really our primary text. But I want to get to it. But this is so powerful. Acts chapter 2. And I, I love the way Stephen Furry talked about it. He says, uh, chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 13. The Spirit of God comes on people. Raised to life. Raised to life. We've been set free. Raised to life. And so the Spirit of God comes on the disciples. And they begin to speak in the foreign tongues that are in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is swelled from a population of about 25,000 to 125,000 because of the festival that is going on. So it's just swollen people, all different uh, nationalities and languages. And they begin to preach the gospel. The gospel goes out in power and goes into their own language and they hear it and people are freaking out. And, and then all of a sudden they said this in verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them. People will make fun of you for standing up for Jesus. And said they have had too much wine. But then 14, I love what happened. The same man that was sitting down beside a fire and denied Jesus three times. The same man swore curses down. Read it for yourself. Swore curses down on himself. The same man turned around and said this. I love this. Or, or did this. Then Peter, and I love okay, then Peter, the next two words. Then Peter, the next two words changed me. Then Peter stood up. He went from, he went from sitting in a distance in bondage to standing and moving in the spirit. And that's where I think God wants us to go today. God wants us to move in that. That he wants us to, to stand up 
And so it's time for us to stand up. It's, I, I could go on and on about the Spirit of God showing himself to you. Yesterday I had a terrible day. Just a, a fighting anger, just a, 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 the Satan was just destroying my mind. I would sit there in, in my office and I couldn't even, I couldn't even read the Bible without it. It wouldn't even pierce my heart. I'd sit there and look at it, and I was just looking at my screen, and I would sit there for 30 minutes and try to stimulate and for an hour, and then an hour and a half goes by, I'm trying to stimulate this emotion and this connection with the Lord, and I couldn't because I was so angry and so mad and so upset, and, and usually after a while, the Spirit of God begins to push back in me, Satan. He begins to push back those, those evil thoughts and those evil desires, and that, that, that point where you just get, you want to isolate yourself and say, I'm done with everybody. I'm just going to be selfish. I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't want to help anybody anymore because I'm sick of helping everybody because every time I help somebody, they don't even repay it. They just kind of use it for what they want to, and then they come back looking for more. And I go with it. So you just want to not do anything for anybody. Now, I don't want to freak you out when my twin sister, when she really moves in the spirit. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I know God loves me more than her, but I, I just... But anyway, um, she, she moves in the spirit. So that morning, I'm at about 9.30. I'm ticked off. And so, and then some other things just kind of added on to all that. And then she texts me at 10.40. And she goes, are you okay? Now, she's in North Carolina. She goes, are you okay? I heard a scream. Now, see, you don't, you don't know the ramifications of that, that, but my children and my wife know the ramifications of that, because they know how I act the rest of the day. And so she, she begins, I text her back, I said, please pray for me, because I was already fighting the enemy. And she, she can just sense these things. It's not a twin thing, it's a Jesus Christ thing. And so she did, and so she begins to talk to me about that. And, and it was interesting. She sensed the move of the spirit and she kept just texting me. It's gonna be okay. It is well with your soul. It is well with your soul. Send me stuff. And God moved. And she goes, I know this sounds crazy. And see, I don't think she's crazy because I know the struggles and the trials and how she hears the voice of the Lord, how God is moving in her life. God will do the same for you, is what I'm telling you. And so we're gonna see these things. It's time for us to stand up because remember, remember. And this was awesome. That somebody needs hope today, and here's the hope. If God can save us from hell by no action of our own, we did nothing, then he can save us from bondage by no action of our own. When we can't get out of the circumstance, God can. I mean, listen, this, you know, I was speaking Thursday night. It is not Thursday night, is it? It's there. It's awesome. Lord, how about the girl in the back? It just started dropping curse words and threw the chair and stormed out. How about the other person that stormed out? I mean, stormed out! You're like, what? You know, you know I'm codependent? You know how that made me feel? I'm like, Lord, my preaching means brings people to cuss? That's good. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not where you want to be. That's not where you want to go. And I'm not ashamed of what I said. It wasn't like I said anything. What happened was she got ticked in the sense of people got ticked off because we're just talking about how God has freed us from all things, especially sexual sins. And I said, anything that's not lined up with Scripture, the, the, the way that God has designed sex is wrong. And so I just, kind of in a cursory way, uh, off to the side, I began 
And not even one thing much. I just, I, you know, people say, well, I'm born this way. But look, I got guys that tell me I'm born not to be with one woman, ladies. I, I got people that says, I can't help but be this way. You go to death row, they're going to tell you I'm born to kill. And we all know the neuroscience behind that. You think that can possibly happen, that there can be such a high testosterone that people can be angry. That there's all these different types of things that sin is wrong where people can move. And, and, and so I just said, well, people say, well, I'm going to be gay. The bottom line of this is that I don't believe biology determines destiny. Here's the application. What is hope in Jesus? 
Change everything. We think of, ah, there's got to be another curse. 
Gospel of John, that he is the door, and that his sheep know his voice. He's the gate. He's the one that people go through. So we're, we're not trying to say, I'm not trying to build up today that if you're in bondage and you know people that are in bondage, I'm not trying to build up today that they're just, let's just, let's just have hope. No, you're in a bad situation. And everything around you, and nobody else can help you. Oh yeah, they can pray for you, they can encourage you, they can talk to you, but ultimately, they don't have the power to change the natural. Only the super can change the natural. Lord, keep reading. Yet he did not wait through unbelief regarding the promise of God, the promise of God would give him an heir. That God would build a great nation through him. I love this. It's just so powerful. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Now the world thinks we're idiots that way. The world goes, you're in here, you're praising God, and your life really doesn't look that good. Old age. Hey, you just sit there praising God. God's going to deliver. God's going to give you something you don't have, and there's no way you can have it. And you're praising him, and you're strengthened. See, here's what happens. The more we're in the presence of Jesus, the more we begin to be convinced of the words of Jesus and less than the words of the voices in our head that say God can. I'm telling you, all it is, you've got to be staying in with him. So let's just keep on moving right along. Verse 21. Be fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. I want to say something. God says he'll never leave you, then quit acting like he has. Because he's not. Well, John, but my circumstances are terrible. Tell Abraham. Tell him. Tell Noah when he spent almost a hundred years building an ark. The people were mocking him. And don't say they were with him because they all died. When you have a word from God, you know that you can hold on to it. And listen, here's what happens. The reason why we think that God is not with us is because we look for everybody else to be his presence. You know that was good. <laughs> your lover can't be your God. Your friends can't be your God. Your job can't be your God. Your parents can't be your God. Your children can't be your God. Your siblings can't be your God. Your grandchildren can't be your God. Only God can be God. And maybe the reason why we don't know that about God is we know more about our children's voice than we know about God's. Y'all gonna say, what was John eating and talking? It's called going through some bondage. All right, so I'm being fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. By the way, they're recording on this, so I don't remember half the stuff I said. I'm just trying to listen to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit keeps giving and I am speaking, so I, I can't say what I just said. All right, so um, that's oh, this is not good for some of you. Being fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. I love that. That I hope in Jesus means that I am fully persuaded. If you can trust Jesus, you, your hope can increase when your circumstances decrease. But God, I'm still single. Oh God, I'm still hurting. Or God, this is my situation. Or God, my family is asking this. Or God, all these things are still turning against me. Trust Abraham. He was in a bad situation. 
yet he was fully convinced. In fact, God said he was a man after my own heart. That means there weren't evil desires in David's heart. Hope in Jesus means being fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. So maybe you need some hope today. Maybe someone in your family needs hope. Uh, can anyone turn this thing around? Can anything? Why, God? Why is this happening to me? And you still have no answer. And you've been asking that for a while. God, why is this going on? And there's no answer. But here's what hope does. Hope causes us to hold on when there's no other way to hold on. And perseverance, Romans chapter 5. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. The word for perseverance is the word hupomone. It means this, to hang in there. That's literally what it means. Keep on hanging. Keep on hanging. And because when you keep hanging on to the Lord, what you're going to find out is really God is hanging on to you. But yet you still hold on, just like Job said in Job 13, 15, the first part. He said, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. Even if everything goes bad, I'm still going to hope in my Redeemer because my Redeemer is strong and my Redeemer is true. So when there is nothing left, like verse 18 in Romans chapter 4, when there's nothing left, when all else fails and everything runs out, there's still one option. Oh, how I love. There's still one option. And it's that I love. And I told you this is so good. I'll tell you again. There was this, there was this artist who painted this, this painting, and it had, and I told uh, the athletes here, just a, just a great illustration that fit. And there was this artist in, in, in this gallery, and he painted this painting of uh, uh, someone playing chess against Satan. And so Satan is playing chess against this person. And Satan moves the chess piece to this painting and it is checkmate. And so it's in this big Russian gallery. And so they were taking some of the Russian heroes through this gallery, as my understanding it, in this uh, illustration. And so they, they were taken through in uh, this town and they said this, this uh, Russian chess champion walked over. Of course, he's being drawn to it. He walks over and stares at the painting. And he's just captivated. And he's playing out the moves in his mind. And he's watching this because it says the devil has just checkmated this person. So he's looking at it. He's looking at the national champion. He's looking at Jose. He's just captivated. Then all of a sudden, he stops. He looks around. He says, wait. This is wrong. There's still one more move. And that's what it is with Jesus. And when you think Satan has pinned you in and he has called checkmate, there's one who has destroyed you. And his name is Jesus. Might I remind you, the devil is alive. But John, that's great. That, see, Abraham got the righteousness. I don't want you to think this is a story about Abraham. This has nothing to do with me. This is a story about Abraham. Listen, okay, right, let me put it this way. John, how do you know, let me break it down. How do you know that uh, when God gives you a word, how is that not scripture? Here's why. The, the word, the truth that God gives you to give to us. The reason why it is not, it doesn't match scripture is because the word that God gives me, they are not eternal. They are not eternal. You see, scripture is for all times, all places, all things. The word that God gives us is for specific people in a specific situation. Therefore, it's not eternal. You see the difference? That's why scripture. Scripture applies to every situation. This word that God gives you does not. 
John is, 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 so this word is just for Abraham. No, it's God's word. Let me show you why it's for all of us. Is Abraham got the righteousness? But here that doesn't mean we can't. Let's keep reading here. Let's look at verse 22. Because Abraham was fully persuaded God had, you know, the power to do what he promised. That was in verse 21. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone. Uh, come on, saints. Not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. This word is timeless. It means that if we believe like Abraham believed, we get the same righteousness that Abraham got. The very righteousness of Jesus. Which means that righteousness that saved us from hell is the same righteousness that will break bondage in any situation. Verse 45. He, meaning Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. God killed him. God killed him. God, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why, God? What have I done? And God is saying, you're not guilty. You're not guilty. But then why is this happening to me? Jesus says, so my glory can be shown in you. John chapter 9, the man born blind. The disciples say, what has he done? Because he's blind. What sins did his father and mother do? And Jesus says, it's no sin that this man has done. It's for the glory of God.
this is my crown, and my kid is a good ally, and it's me too, how we, he has dreams, just like you and I, and uh, most of his dreams are not realistic, and he kind of learned through the years to live his dream towards the people that are around him. You know, that's... Frederick Bilodeau is Alex's older brother by six years. He has cerebral palsy. As a child, Frederick played sports alongside Alex and their sister Beatrice. He'd even go skiing with them. While Alex and Beatrice would both go on to ski for the Canadian national team, for Frederick, movement has become more difficult over time. But he still competes however he can. Oh, oh, nice way back.
Abraham in hope believed. Because he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised and was credited in his life. God, we believe you today. When everything else falls away, when we don't believe in ourselves, we can't trust anybody else, we can't trust the doctor, we can't trust our boss, we can't trust anybody around us, Lord, but we can trust you. We believe and are fully persuaded that you have the power to do what you can do. So we call upon you today. We call upon you today. Lord, make some people want to come and gather around DJ and pray over her our place. That's the call. God, I just pray that you fix this up to walk in this hope. You're the God of hope. Yeah. 